Very excited to talk to our next guest, MLB Network host and reporter and analyst, multi-time Emmy Award winner, friend of the program, and all-around great person, Alana Rizzo, joins us. Good morning, Alana. Good morning, Bill. How are you? I'm wonderful. Let's get the uh, the importance of out of the way. Halloween. Were, was it chill? Were you dressed up? Were you giving away candy? Were you working? What was your Halloween vibe like last night? Oh, I went as a really, really bummed um, baseball analyst that did <laughs> not get to cover Game 3 because of the rain. So there were a lot of us uh, dressed the same. We were hoping to be able to get Game 3 in. Obviously, um, Mother Nature had other plans, but here we go. So now we have five straight days of games, which... I guess is good, but at the same time, I would have loved to have seen um, it unfold last night. Yeah, we do. And uh, statistical anomaly, or it's interesting to me, maybe it's not interesting at all, but I found it interesting that Philly's undefeated, I saw this morning, at home in this postseason, and Houston's undefeated on the road in this postseason. Obviously, they're not at a 1-1. There's a lot of things going on, but as it relates to a day of rest, one day that we were supposed to play baseball where we didn't get it. Who has the advantage? Who does this benefit, Alana, the Astros or the Phillies that last night's game was rained out? Well, it certainly benefits uh, your relieving core because every guy gets an extra day of rest. Now, the Phillies have elected to go with Ranger Suarez as their starter for this game instead of having Noah Syndergaard and basically what was going to be a bullpen game. So what you, if you look at the rosters up and down, everyone talks about how much the Astros' depth is a benefit to that club. But I do think that it's definitely going to help the relieving core. And, of course, Rob Thompson had to deploy a lot of guys, particularly in Game 1, after they came back from that 5 to nothing depth that once it was tied, he was very aggressive and bringing guys out early, Alvarado, those types of guys uh, early on in the game, perhaps, you know, earlier innings than they would have. But Lance McCullers Jr. is going to stay as the Game 3 starter for the Houston Astros. He does have postseason experience, but albeit it wasn't, you know, it hasn't been since 2017, that World Series, as far as pitching in the World Series. But, you know, I, I think this is one of the series, honestly, that is so unbelievably well-matched. Um, I could see it going either way. Honestly, I did pick the Phillies in six just to kind of be a contrarian because they are really steep underdogs. When the series started, it was almost two to one as far as Vegas odds were concerned. But they're both two really, really good teams. I think it comes down to a mistake. Alana Rizzo here on the show. I love that pick, and so does so does uh, Tom, the, the producer, because he just started cheering because he also took – the, the Phillies in six, and it's the first time Alano that one of his takes has been endorsed by someone as qualified as you are, Alana Rizzo, uh, here on the show. One of the things, Alana, that I think is really interesting about about baseball when we get to the postseason in this series in particular is the way in which a lot of GMs, most GMs, have to build for what is obviously a marathon, a long term long Major League Baseball season where statistical realities just play out over the course of, of a season. But when you get to the playoffs, there, there's a lot more happenstance, a lot more chance. I don't know if it's psychology or what it is. To what degree do you believe or not believe that the idea of momentum, for, of which the Phillies certainly had a bunch, matters, is a tangible thing in terms of who can win a World Series? 1,000%. And that's why I feel the layoff between the last game of the CS to the beginning of the World Series hurt the Phillies more than it hurt the Astros. The Astros had the expectation of being here. I mean, this is their sixth straight ALCS. This is the fourth trip to the World Series that they've had in six years. This is a team that had expectations of being there. The Phillies, on the other hand, won 87 games in the regular season. They got hot at the right time. They did everything they needed to do when it mattered the most, and that's why they're the best team in the National League at this moment, winning the NL pennant. But look at momentum back 
And I'll take you back to the 2007 World Series. Uh, I'll take you back to that postseason. So I had just started covering the Colorado Rockies, and they had gone on that unbelievable tear, 21 out of 22 games in which it allowed them to go to the postseason. Game 163 against the Padres, Matt Holliday, in my opinion, did touch the plate. They go on and they sweep the DS against the Phillies. They sweep the CS against the Diamondbacks, and then they had to wait for the American League to finish up to get to the World Series. So we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Now, I'm not saying that the Rockies would have beaten the Red Sox in the World Series, but I am saying I think it would have been a lot more competitive had they continued to be able to keep playing. So that's where I think a layoff benefits the Astros more than it benefits a team that has all the mojo, all the magic, and everything going for them at the right time. So much of baseball with such a long season is playing together, everyone playing over their skis at the same time at the right time. So I, I love that example. I didn't know you covered that team. I did, yeah. It was. Uh, I had just gotten back to Denver from Madison, Wisconsin. It was really my first uh, – foray into baseball and that was back you know when when Aaron Cook was their ace the sinker ball pitcher I was like I don't even know what a sinker ball is I mean I've hopefully learned a lot since that time but I mean they were they were absolutely on fire and uh you know then they got swept in the World Series just because that I think that momentum ended for them I I love that because I I cite that we cite that a lot on the show when having this conversation because that even though that was 15 years ago that is ingrained for whatever reason in my memory as such an example of what you're talking about Alana Rizzo here here on the show. Alana, if I can go back to, to game one, Justin Verlander didn't pitch at the level that's expected in what was a, a pretty impressive comeback, obviously, for, for Philly. I know we've had this conversation about Clayton Kershaw and other guys and other pitchers. What is What do you make of, of Verlander's history in, in the World Series and your expectations for him going forward? In, you know, whatever you know I've he been has. screaming on the, off, you know, off mountaintops about this, Bill, because, as you know, I covered the Dodgers for seven seasons, and I know one of the big narratives and knock on Clayton is that he didn't have good postseason numbers. Now, Justin Verlander has some decent CS numbers, but he has been equally as terrible as Clayton in the World Series. He is now... 0-8 with a ERA over 6. Um, this is a situation where he just doesn't seem to pitch well in the World Series. Now, game one, he actually pitched really well for the first three innings. In fact, I believe he was perfect for the first three. And the Phillies lineup is a team that hits the high fastball. And if you look at the Astros pitchers, Justin Verlander and Christian Javier are 1-3, and three, or excuse me, Javier is one, Verlander's three in terms of high fastball throwers, like, you know, three feet above, you know, really high fastball percentages in terms of what they use in their repertoire. And the Phillies can hit the high fastball. So I don't know if the Phillies were kind of forcing him to go to his off-speed stuff, his secondary stuff, but the second time through the order, it was pretty apparent that they had figured him out. So he doesn't have good World Series numbers. Now, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Is he about to pick up his third Cy Young? I believe that he is. But he doesn't pitch well in the World Series, and the Phillies took advantage of that. And again, when, when you come back from a 5 to nothing deficit, much like the Astros did against the Mariners um, when they were playing, you know, you have to take advantage of the fact if you have Justin Verlander on the ropes. And they did that. And that's why Rob Thompson, to his credit, as soon as they tied it up, started deploying his bullpen incredibly aggressively. And they had to get, they had to get a split in Houston. It was imperative that they got a split. They get that first, first win, and a, for whatever reason, the Astros can never win game one 
um, of the World Series. So they did. The Phillies did exactly what they needed to do. They got the split in Houston, and now they have the crowd on their side. Alana Rizzo, any insight from your your years covering the Dodgers and being around Clayton Kershaw through all of that and all the talk and all the narrative and everything about what Justin Verlander can or can't do to try and have a different kind of outing next time around? You know, I think Justin's numbers speak for themselves. I mean, as I just said, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Um, I, I don't know, and I certainly haven't talked to Justin about this, um, but, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he just doesn't have the good numbers, and, and that's just kind of the narrative. And don't think for one second he's not paying attention to this. And we had talked about it, too, before he took the ball in game one. We're like, the tide absolutely has to turn. I mean, Justin Verlander is going to have – a good outing in the World Series. He's just too good of a pitcher, too dynamic of a guy, a guy that was basically out of baseball for two years after Tommy John surgery, and, you know, he's 39 years old. He's not pitching like he's 39. Um, so I don't know what it is about, you know, maybe start him in game two. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a pressure thing, but he doesn't strike me as a guy that feeds into pressure or is worried about the moment. I mean, he's certainly pitched in enough big games and been in enough big situations. Alana, sometimes the, the legacy conversation in baseball, I think, can be a little overwrought or a stretch. I, I don't know that it is in the case of, of Dusty Baker. Amazing career, but what would it mean for him to lead a team to a World Series win? Well, I think Dusty is a Hall of Famer regardless if he gets a World Series win or not, but it certainly would solidify the fact that he would be. I mean, this is his 25th season as a manager. He has won wherever he has gone. Um, this is a guy that... Um, was the perfect choice for the Astros to put in their dugout and in their clubhouse after the 2017 fiasco. Um, You know, he has a tremendous legacy if you want to look at that. But I do think, you know, there are very few people in the Hall of Fame as far as managers are concerned that don't have, uh, I want to say there's five or four before Dusty that don't have a World Series win as a manager. They may have it as a player, but not as a manager. So, do I think Dusty is a Hall of Famer? A hundred percent. Would it absolutely cement it if he won this? A hundred percent. All right, Alana. I know it's it's very hard to project. And you you said you told us you took the Phillies in six in this series. Uh, give us a just what does it look like if the Phillies win? What does it look like if the Astros win? This series going forward. What what are the keys here? I think you have to jump on. Um, well, tonight, McCullers early. You can't let the crowd get out of the game. I think it's key for the Astros to, to have success here. Get the crowd out early. Jump on Ranger Suarez, who I know the Phillies have a tremendous amount of um, confidence in and respect for. Uh, get on him early. I think you can't make a mistake. And Bryce Harper still has to have his um, World Series moment. I mean, the, the Phillies aren't here without Bryce Harper, but he hasn't yet had that big World Series moment that he had perhaps, obviously, in the, in the CS. Um, to get them here. So I think get the crowd out of it. Jump on Suarez early if you're the Houston Astros. Jose Altuve has to continue to perform. He's starting to come around again. We knew he was going to wake up. Um, You know, he sets the table for this Astros team. And they have a lot of really good guys. And it depends on what they're going to do at the DH spot. Um, Looked like Hensley was going to get his first start because they've got to figure out the DH because Aledmus Diaz and Trey Mancini are not hitting. And you can play Jordan in the outfield here because it's a small outfield, so you still have an opportunity to figure out the DH. As far as the Phillies are concerned, same thing. You know, jump on McCullers early, have that big Bryce Harper moment. Hopefully, you know, the lefties, the Schwarbers, the the Harpers of the world are not um, neutralized um, by – the Astros pitching. Um, I, I do think this is going to come down to a mistake. 
a, a mishap on defense. Um, I, I do think these are two really good teams and honestly pretty evenly matched. Alana Rizzo, great stuff as always. Really appreciate the insight. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the series, however long it goes. All right. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a good day.